Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. Been everybody, welcome in. Glad to see you on this. Is it Thursday already? It's Thursday. It's a rainy Thursday where I sit. Uh, just you know, a couple days away before a huge weekend in college football, and we're gonna do a little film study today. Sort of. We're gonna do a film study today, but film study in quotes. Also, State got a win in basketball last night. Look at that a little bit. Like I said yesterday, we're just gonna do these. You know, quick, like, 30,000 feet overviews unless something really dramatic happens, like, God forbid, an injury or or an upset. Or there are some non-conference games on the schedules around here that lead to a little bit more intrigue. But anyway, so we'll look at that briefly. We'll do our film study. And then we got news from Ross Dellinger this morning. The Alliance, the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12 are apparently scared of the AAC and the Sun Belt. We've got some news on the college football playoff expansion front. I do think it's good news, at least, uh, that we have some forward movement in the playoff expansion process, but I knew these suits, these conference representatives, would not allow uh, somebody like the AAC and the Sun Belt to get an auto bid over them. You knew it was going to go down like this. I mean, I guess we should have anyway, but we've got some news on that front. So I'm going to talk about all that with you right here. But first, I want to remind you, if you're on Twitter, you cannot comment. I'd love for you to comment, be a part right here. And so hop on over to YouTube. And if you're watching on YouTube, if you so happen to be there without having subscribed, it turns out a lot of the audience on YouTube is not subscribed. So subscribe, hit the subscribe button right there. Click the notification bell so you know when I go live. And if you like what you hear, actually like the video, that will help me a ton. Just search my name right there, my name right there on YouTube and find me there. You can also follow on Twitter and Facebook under the same name. And let's uh, let's get started. So real quick, State won last night. Like I said yesterday with Ole Miss and uh, New Orleans, the privateers, although with the way the professional team is playing in New Orleans, uh, hell, maybe Ole Miss could beat them too. Or, or, or one in 10 or one in 11. This is this is brutal to to watch for me. I, I hate it. <laughs> Somebody save me. Maybe Brandon Ingram can uh, I don't know play in the next game despite having a hip bruise that he's had for weeks now and can't play. And you know maybe Zion will eventually get on the court before we are mathematically eliminated from uh, from the playoffs. But anyway. Just like I did with that game, it's really hard to tell what you're looking at when it's such an overmatch. I mean, mean, who knows what kind of challenge North Alabama actually presented to Mississippi State. Very, very little. And uh, although not at full strength, State was clearly the more talented, more athletic team, and it kind of shook out like that. I know in the second half it got a little dicey there just for a little bit. Like, you know, it was never really in doubt, but you thought, you know, hey, 
they need to wake up a little bit and, and close this game. Ended up being just fine. Uh, the, the main takeaways I have is, one, Garrison Brooks is for real. Garrison Brooks is for real. He showed you that. Um, the North Carolina transfer, you, you expected him to come in and be that kind of a guy. And boy, was he. I mean, really efficient in this game as well. Again, it's North Alabama, so how much can you really take away from it? But over 50% from the field, uh, had five boards, did turn it over a couple of times, uh, but that is who you thought he was going to be in his 28 minutes, and he, he will play a lot more than 28 minutes in games that actually matter. But I was really impressed uh, with Garrison Brooks. He is uh, the real deal, uh, no doubt. One thing I noticed, State didn't shoot a lot of th- uh, three-point shots, only 18 of them. I say only, you know, that's it's not like a super low number. Um, it, you know, made a third of them. That number needs to be a little bit higher if they're going to win games that they are expected to win. But pretty efficient day from the field. I mean, I mean, State shoots, what, 50% from the field, literally made half their shots, which is really good. They got to the free throw line a lot in this game, whereas North Alabama did not at all. I mean, I think North Alabama, yeah, they made it four times. They took four free throws. Mississippi State took 26. They attacked the basket, really had an advantage there and, and took advantage. They had an advantage. They took it, got to the line a bunch. Uh, we'll see what they're like at full strength. Um, would like to see more assists as well, more sharing of the basketball. And it's just one game. And, and you know, he played 30 minutes. Uh, but you need more from from Jeffries. He, he needs to be more impactful uh, than he was last night if they're going to reach their goals. But, again, it's one game. It's North Alabama. You know, we'll see. We'll see. It's really hard to judge. But, anyway, um, Brooks is the real deal. He's the real deal. So there is, uh, there's that. But anyway, all right. That's all I'm going to do for basketball, really, until the games matter. On to the film study. We're going to study some film today. And you guys know me by now. If you've listened to me long enough, you know that I absolutely hate, I hate when people like me do film study. You've got these reporters that don't know what the hell they're watching that will do a film breakdown with like like they have like a telestrator app or something and they'll they'll circle things and they'll they'll draw stuff and like break down the film from these games not many people around here do it uh and and really the only person that does it like is qualified actually qualified to really actually like study film and break it down because they actually know what they're watching, seeing as though they played the game. But you don't get that a lot around here. But other places, I'll see reporters, people with the same credentials as me, watching film and, like, breaking it down and stuff. And and if you know me, you know I avoid that because I don't know what I'm watching compared to coaches. And so if I sat here and broke down film, it would inevitably be wrong. I don't really know what I'm looking at from that perspective the way they do. And so it's just better for people like me to avoid it and just you know talk about the games and try to entertain you guys and inform the best I can. But breaking down film is not something that I'm going to do with you guys uh, really ever, except for today. Now, it's not the kind of film study you think I'm talking about. However, we got this video yesterday. And let me share it with you so we can break this down. This is going to be like a full-on criminal FBI investigation. So here we go. We got this from Lane Kiffin yesterday. And it doesn't look like much, right? They are, they're pitching 
to Katy Perry to come be the celebrity guest picker. I don't know if that's going to happen this time around. They got lucky uh, the first time because she was playing a show in Memphis the next day. So it worked out. I don't know what she's doing right now. I think she just had a baby. I don't know. I mean, whatever. But this is Lane Kiffin and Matt Corral lobbying Katy Perry with one of her songs playing in the background, by the way, to come be the guest picker again. And so what video you think is up to do? Corral telling Katy Perry to come to the sip. And that's all it is, right? It's just, it's just a video of these two guys talking, and that's it. But wait, hold on. Let, let's pause it right here. What is that in the background there? Right behind Matt Corral. I wish I could zoom this in further. I cannot. This is the best we got. But right behind Matt Corral here is a group of wide receivers. Now let's run this film back. Let's run this film back. You see them talking right here. Now look to the right side of your screen, and then it will become the left side of your screen. What do you see behind them? That's a group of wide receivers right there. It's a group of wide receivers right there. And let me pause it at the right moment. Boom. All right, here we go. Zoom in closely. That right there, unsurprising, is Braylon Sanders. He did play last week, so seeing him in his helmet and shoulder pads suited up at practice is not all that surprising, but still a good sign for Ole Miss that he is. Obviously came away from the game healthy, and he's practicing, but let's move it for a little bit more. i got to back it up some. went too far. Right there. Right there. It's hard to see because this, this film is grainy, but right there. This is so much fun. That is... Ontario Drummond. And here's a better angle right here. That's very clearly jersey number 11. That is Ontario Drummond. And here, we'll pull up the the roster. We'll pull up the roster here just for confirmation purposes. And you can see that that is Ontario Drummond practicing for Ole Miss. And as you know, he missed the game last week uh, with that that injury. Missed practice last, or missed the game last week with that hamstring injury. That is Dontario Drummond right there at practice in a helmet and shoulder pads. Now let's move the video a little bit further. Now this one, I have seen other people say that this is Jonathan And I cannot confirm nor deny that that is Jonathan Mingo uh, right here. I don't know if that's him. I don't know. But you do know from watching this film that there, very clearly, is number 13. That's Brandon Sanders. Very clearly, again, that's Dontario Drummond. And apparently, Mingo's in that mix. So that is what other people are saying. I cannot confirm nor deny that that is Jonathan Mingo. When you look at this, you see, and the biggest news here is uh, is this guy right here. This guy at practice, walking around, nothing around his ankles either, which has surprised me, by the way. I mean, if he's got an ankle injury, why is it not wrapped to hell? But anyway, this guy's actually practicing this week, Matt Corral. Which is big news, by the way, because he he really hasn't practiced. He's played in the games, he's done the walkthroughs and stuff, but hasn't practiced. That's him at practice. And uh, this obviously was not filmed before game day because they're talking about it. So this is this week. 
You see the leaves changing in the background as well. It was a nice day yesterday, so the uh, the attire is appropriate. But that's Matt Corral practicing, which is big news for Ole Miss. But more importantly, did Lane Kiffin accidentally give away that he's got healthy wide receivers this week? Did he mean to do this? Or he playing well, everybody else is playing checkers. I don't know. But what I do know is there are at least two guys in that background that Ole Miss desperately needs to be healthy if they want a shot at beating Texas A&M on Saturday. And if Lane Kiffin was trying, if he was trying to keep that under wraps, then, uh, oops, trying to get Katy Perry to be the guest picker revealed a little bit of information about this. Now, to, to be serious, though, I mean, this is fun and, and all that. Uh, that is big news, though. It, it, all joking aside about, you know, breaking down a, a stupid video on Twitter. That is big news. Matt Corral practicing actually going through reps at practice is a big deal. I don't see Mingo in this. I, I guess some people do. I, I had a hard time really pointing him out. Some people think, I think, they think this is him right here. Uh, but But I don't know for sure. I don't know. But the fact that you have number two practicing and appearing to move around well, uh, that's big news. But to also have Sanders and Drummond participating in practice, presumably getting ready to play, is a big deal. Because Ole Miss is not – let's be honest here. They're not beating Texas A&M without at least two of those guys. It's not going to happen. I I mean, I think – you know, Dennis Jackson's done some nice things. John Rice Plumley had a big game against Liberty last week. Um, another year learning how to be a wide receiver, and he'll be a, a valuable weapon next year. Too often he looks a little lost, uh, but another offseason he'll end up being a quality weapon. He's not that right now. He can be that, but he's not that yet. Um, another year for him, and he'll be, he'll be a good uh, weapon for them. He's not there yet. Uh, with... Dennis Jackson and Jacor Pearson and John Rice Plumley and Casey Kelly, you can beat a lot of teams if Matt Corral is your quarterback. I do not believe Texas A&M is one of those teams that you can beat without Sam, at least one of the two, or, or two of the three, I should say, between Sanders, Drummond, and Mingo. You're not beating Texas A&M without at least two of those guys, in my opinion. Uh, you just You don't have enough behind them to really have a game plan that's going to beat this Texas A&M team on Saturday. So all joking aside and and all that, I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, I had a friend send me screenshots of of that video where he circled uh, each player, and he definitely didn't circle Sanders. Like, he completely got that one wrong. So that, or excuse me, uh, Drummond, he completely got that one wrong. But still, like, people are having fun with this, and they should because it's funny. Uh, But... That is big news to see at least two of those guys, possibly three of those guys at practice is a good sign because you're not beating Texas A&M without at least two of them. I I just I don't think you have enough offensively to beat them without at least two of them. And uh, if Lane Kiffin was trying to keep that under wraps, them practicing under wraps, uh, big swing and a miss there, Lane. (laughs) It kind of screwed that one up. But also... you know, we talked about it on the radio a little bit because he tweeted this yesterday afternoon. And somebody jokingly on the text line said, well, way to give it away, Borky. Uh, 
Yeah, Jimbo and those guys were going to be prepared for the three of them, regardless if they were actually going to play. So it's really not giving away anything at all. But uh, that's a good sign. That's a good sign. Breaking down a 10-second video from Lane Kiffin's Twitter, trying to get Katy Perry to come to the game on Saturday is about the most film study you're going to get out of me. Like that, that, That's as far as I will go in terms of film study is is that right there. But that's real. I mean, those guys are really at practice. Matt Corral really is practicing this week. Clearly, Braylon Sanders was there. Clearly, Drummond was there. Uh, big news. That is uh, that is a big deal. Because you're not being a, beating A&M uh, without them. And if you're a State fan still hanging on, I know I have noticed in the analytics, uh, when when I start focusing on one of the schools, audience, some goes up and I lose some others. And then vice versa. If I'm talking about State, I, I don't keep the old Miss fans, but I keep the State fans. If you are a State fan still listening to this, just know how lucky you are to not be in a situation where Mike Leach's practice videos are getting broken down because you've had so many injuries that you're not even the same team. So you, State fan, you've got a healthy football team going into the Auburn game, for the most part. I mean, everybody's banged up to some degree, but you've got a healthy football team going into the Auburn game. Ole Miss does not or has not had a healthy football team for the last few weeks. So to bring you into the conversation, there's there's something for you. You don't have to deal with this. You don't have to have somebody breaking down Mike Leach's uh, practice video encouraging a pop star to come to your game on Saturday. All your guys are playing. So, anyway. Fireman says, guest picker I think will be Eli Manning because they can tie the Manning cast, plus they will be able to talk about his number being retired on game day. That's that's a good choice. I, I expect it to be Morgan Freeman. I mean, I love that people love talking about stuff like this. It's fun for me. College game day, and I would be saying the same thing if it was at Mississippi State. Uh, I spent my entire life, that I can remember anyway, starting my Saturday with college game day. Uh, I, I mean, as you can imagine, I, I have known nothing but football, and this is all I've wanted to do ever with my life. Like, it has been suggested to me by my dad to get out of radio and get into something that will make me more money. Uh, but I can't do it. I can't, I can't quit this yet because it's all I really know how to do and all I've ever cared about. And football is so important in my life. Every Saturday forever has started with college game day. I have not missed at least a little bit of college game day every Saturday since I've been able to understand what it is. Um, so... To have people disengaged, you know, talking about guest pickers and stuff like that uh, brings up a lot of happy memories for me. You know, me and my dad watching game day and then going to the Furman game. Uh, stuff like that, I don't know. That's just, it brings up a lot of happy stuff for me. So to see game day back in this state um, drums up some really good memories. And so I'll talk about guest pickers and all that stuff all day long with you guys. This is already, it's 8.20 in the morning, the second scam call I've gotten today. The second one, today. It's 8.20 in the morning. If I don't answer, they call more. If I answer and tell them to four-letter word off, they still call more. There's nothing I can do about it. But um, it's cool to see. I love college game day. Lee Corso is near and dear to my heart. I'm a huge fan of his, and regardless of him not having his fastball anymore, uh, I think he should be on that show until he decides he doesn't want to be on that show anymore. Um, I love it. So, anyway, 
soapbox. Why did I do that? Speaking of soapboxes, we got some news this morning from uh, from Ross Dellinger. Ross Dellinger's kind of been on the forefront of, of a handful of things, really. I mean, he's a great reporter. He's got sources everywhere. But especially when it comes to the college football playoff, uh, Ross Bjork, Ross Bjork, Ross Dellinger has been on top of it, been really on top of uh, the news when it comes to who's feeling what, when this is going to happen, timelines, meetings, all that. I mean, he's really been on top of this, and he came with news this morning. He said, leaders are mulling an alternate 12-team playoff expansion model proposed last week, uh, sources tell him at Sports Illustrated. Instead of the sixth highest-ranked conference champions getting auto bids, the alternate model grants automatic qualifiers to each Power 5 champion plus the best group of five champion, a five plus one model. So how is this different to what we've been considering? So if you remember, the initial proposal written by Greg Sankey, the AD at Notre Dame, and I forget the other two, uh, but Greg Sankey was involved. The, The initial proposal was to give automatic qualifying bids to the six highest ranked conference champions, regardless of conference. So you've got the Power Five, but you've got the AAC, the Sun Belt, the Conference USA, the Mountain West. Uh, The highest-ranked six conference champions would make the playoff. Regardless of conference, the highest six-ranked conference champions. And last year, you would have gotten four Power Five teams and two Group of Five teams. Cincinnati and Coastal Carolina would have made it over the Pac-12 Right? The Pac-12. Or was it the Big 12? I think it was Pac-12. Doesn't matter. Two of them would have made it, and four Power Fives would have made it. This is a very small change, but it is a noteworthy change. And here's why. Because, at least to me, this tells me, and by the way, this is being done by the Alliance. The the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12 are the ones that want this to be the model, apparently, according to Ross. And the reason why they're doing this, guys, this is so incredibly transparent. The reason why they're doing this now, remember, the Alliance tried to, or is trying to block playoff expansion. They're changing their minds because they're seeing what's happening. The ACC has been eliminated from the playoff. They're done. They will not make the college football playoff. The Pac-12, if Oregon loses at all, if they lose a game, If they lose in their conference championship game, if they lose any game for the rest of the season, they are done. So two of the Power Five conferences will not make the playoff. And if you expand it to 12 under the previously proposed format, the ACC would still be left out of at least an automatic qualifier. And so what you're seeing now is the alliance, first of all, they formed because they were kicking and screaming mad about the SEC daring to be better than them. So. They formed this alliance to try to block playoff expansion because it was in part the SEC's idea, although no conference has benefited more from the four-team playoff than the SEC. The SEC is making more money. They have more appearances. They have more championships. They are growing and getting better during the the four-team playoff era than they ever have before. But anyway, the, the alliance, kicking and screaming mad, wanted to spite the SEC and make sure that they could not expand the playoff the way they wanted to. But then this season plays out the way it does. And the Alliance sees that, oh, forgive my language, oh shit. 
we're going to get left out. Two of us might get left out. God, Oregon, please, you better win out, or else two of these power conferences are going to get left out of the playoff. They are afraid of the AAC and the Sun Belt. That's what this is. They delayed playoff expansion because they were mad at the SEC, and they don't want this to be the model because they know, at least they're smart enough to know, that if it's the highest six ranked conference champions, regardless of conference, they will get left out. They will not get an automatic qualifier. They will have to go on the road and play these games. That's all it is. They will get left out. That's what they see here. That's what they know is going to happen if this goes down. They are afraid of getting left out because this year they would. They are afraid of the Sun Belt and they're afraid of the AAC. It's incredibly transparent. It's right in front of your face. The Alliance, the ACC, the Pac-12, and the Big Ten are afraid of the Sun Belt and the AAC. And because of that, they're altering the proposed format, which, by the way, it's a small change, but it's crap. I, I am an advocate for automatic qualifiers because... I want playoffs to be as objective as possible. In the NFL, you know if you win your division, you're in. It's that simple. If you win your division, you make the playoff. That simple. You have a set criteria. You know if you win, you're in. In the NBA, if you finish, well, they've changed it because of the play-in, but essentially, if you finish in the top 10, You get into the postseason, and it's record-based and record-based only. You have the play-in spots, but still, you know if your record is better than, was it four teams or six teams, whatever, in your conference, you're in the playoff. It's record-based. It is objective. In baseball, it is record-based. It is objective. If you win your division, you are in the playoff. In college basketball, It is objective. If you win your conference, you make the tournament. You have a set criteria. No, Nobody can do anything with it. If you win your tournament, you are in. You are in complete and total control of your postseason destiny. College baseball, the same thing. If you win your conference, you are in complete and total control of your destiny. College football is the only sport where it's subjective measurements that put you in the postseason. So I'm an advocate for automatic qualifiers. I am. But I think if we're going to do this committee, if they're going to do rankings, if they're going to select uh, at-larges, half the field being an at-large, I think we should use their rankings and apply them to the automatic qualifiers. Because Cincinnati winning the AAC, and who should we? Who's in the Sun Belt? This is it, Louisiana. If the Raging Cajuns finish ahead of Wake Forest, who wins the ACC, they deserve that automatic bid. Why should they not? The only reason why the Alliance wants to do this is because they're afraid of places like Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. They're afraid of Appalachian State. They're afraid of Cincinnati, who is moving over to the Big 12. But that's what this is. Because they're seeing that their leagues are not good enough And most years they have one team, one team 
that will be ranked high enough to not worry about their automatic qualifier actually getting in. That's what this is. I can't stand it, but at least it's transparent. At least we know what the alliance wants to actually wants to actually do now. So there's uh, there's your news of the day. We also had fun yesterday. Speaking of guest pickers, with um, like a wrong answers only thing. You know who should a guest who would be the worst choice for guest picker? We had a lot of good submissions. Uh, my favorite though was Johnny Sins. You guys remember this? And uh, I have a feeling you guys know who he is, but you you remember the old Miss Heroes thing on the cup? I still maintain that they really screwed up by not selling these for a lot of money. So these were stadium cups, remember, the old Miss Heroes thing? Where they had people, this was for last season, where they had people submit um, photo applications for like a healthcare worker that you know really worked hard during the pandemic or whatever. And this was the cup, and, and they laid it flat so you could see all the different people that were involved here. And then there was this guy. <laughs> there was this guy, Johnny Sins. I thought that... Uh, I, I really thought that they should try to sell those. When you make a mistake that bad, just own it. Just own it. Um, just own it. Fireman says it would be epic if they got the Ole Miss Marine as a guest picker, too. You know the famous Marine from the sideline. Yeah, Gunny? Yeah, they. I think they uh, They try to go more towards, like, celebrity, though. Um, Like, Iowa State, when they hosted game day, what was it, week one or week two? I think it was week two. Uh, when they were playing Iowa, they got an Iowa fan, Ashton Kutcher, or at least a guy with ties to Iowa, to do the guest picker at Iowa State. It was really stupid, but that's more of in their line of thinking. It's um, they want like a celebrity, you know, a music artist or, or actor or something like that. Um, anyway, anyway, yeah, I think it's gonna be Morgan Freeman. It's the most logical choice. I mean, he lives an hour away. He goes to all the basketball games. He's got a tie to the school, and uh, he is endeared by basically everybody. You know, um, so that one makes the most sense to me. But anyway, uh, just a reminder again, uh, I will not be live Saturday night with you. It'll be Sunday morning. Uh, it'll be Sunday morning. You know, got a late kickoff in Oxford, uh, late-ish. Um, so it'll be Sunday morning with you to, to recap the weekend. Tomorrow we'll do two questions for State and Auburn and, and Ole Miss and Texas A&M and do some picks as well. Thank you guys so much for for tuning in, as you do. Um, Try to stay dry today. Don't forget to subscribe uh, on YouTube. And I'll talk to you guys again tomorrow as we get ready for these huge games this weekend. Talk to you guys then. Talk Mississippi Media Production.